Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. So one of our producers here at the station, Mike Angelina, just tweeted out a photo um, from Pete McCannon's post-game press conference, and the little uh, Chiron under his uh, name, it shows Pete McCannon, and then the stat Comcast put up is 2-1 and one in the last three games. So that's a pretty positive spin on what's been going on late with the, lately with the Phils. Phils um, winners on Saturday, and they are. The 2-1 and one in the last three uh, makes up for the... 5-20 and 20 in the previous 25. So uh, if you want to talk about the Phillies, you're welcome to as well. But uh, we'll continue on with this, with the Fletcher Cox thing and, and whether you think he should be at, um, whether he should be in camp and at OTAs, whether that's something that bothers you. It does bother me. I think he should be here. And in retrospect, not really having anything to do with the OTAs, but just based off his season last year and what else the Eagles could have done with their roster, with that money, I wouldn't assign the big deal with hindsight being 2020. I probably would have dealt him, gotten a pick, and addressed some other needs with, with the money you'd have left. So I think that's a, that's a way they could have gone. Also, your overrated people. Minor Bruce Springsteen and Doc Emmerich, the hockey announcer who most people love. I, th- I think he's all right, but I think he's a little annoying. And my underrated person, Joe Buck, who I think is one of the best broadcasters out there. Let's go back to the phone. Let's go to Jack in Santa Barbara. Jack, you're on WIP. Hey, Tommy. Hey, what's up, Jack? Uh, You're always the background guy, so it's nice to, like, chat up with you. um, Yeah, I'm I'm usually doing the remotes. You you called Glenn this morning, right? No, no. I I listened this morning, and he said, call Tommy tonight, and... (laughs) You know, I I support Glenn. I go way back with that, and um, so I'm calling you tonight. And... Well, appreciate it, Jack. <laughs> appreciate it, man. How's it going? Good. I wanted to weigh in on Jim Bunning, uh, number one, uh, because I um, I'm old enough to have experienced 1964, and I'll never forget that Father's Day experience with the with the perfect game, and the guy's work ethic was unbelievable. So the whole Fletcher Cox thing to me, you know, it speaks of work ethic that I don't relate to, you know, so to speak. Um, So, you know, I, I mean, the guy was paid to step up and be a leader for a very young team. So, um, and I know these guys have a lot of entitlement about things they're not not required to do if it's not mandatory. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't feel good about that guy doing that and yeah. and needing to be a leader. Yeah, and I yeah, and I, that that that's really the whole thing, Jack. Is you just think you know 
when you get paid like that and you get compensated and you you know you're getting paid to be not you're not just a football player when you're getting paid that kind of money you're not just another guy you know you're you're supposed to be a leader you're exactly. supposed to go above and beyond and set an example and i just feel like this just it sets a bad a bad precedent and a bad example for some of the younger guys on this team who who look up to you you know while you're and it just sets a bad example for those guys who are trying to earn their contract i feel like it tells them once you get paid you don't need to work as hard anymore i think it destabilizes the the coaching structure um because you have this young coach who people sometimes don't know where he's really coming from and you know this kind of this kind of gets in his face and says, well, you know, we don't really know if these guys respect him, you know, and I think that's that's the big risk part of it that I see where the Eagles are concerned. Now, maybe, maybe Carson Wentz is going to override all that because he's such a stand-up guy. You know, we hope so. Um, but, you know, moving on from that, I'd, I'd like to talk about the Sixers right. a little bit with you. Sure. I'd also, I'd also like to weigh in on my point of view with Springsteen and and um, right. uh, not say influence you, but give you a, 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 my perspective, having grown up on the on the Jersey Shore and what okay. that was like with with Springsteen. Um, uh, so let's go there first, okay? <laughs> because yeah, what do you got on Springsteen, Jack? And then we'll get your Sixers point in here. Okay, so so it was around 1974-ish. My buddy goes to this place called The Garage on Saturday night. He comes home the next morning. He goes, Jack, this guy I saw tonight, He's going to be famous, man. This this guy was just unbelievable. Yeah. So so what he did was he played all all the play all the shore bars, right? Right. And what he did also was he built his whole career around Philadelphia loving music. I think I'm not sure about this, and you can look this up. Mm-hmm. I think he put. I think he played the Spectre more than any other place he ever played. So I, I think uh, I think I've heard that before too, and I know he is like especially looked up to in this area because I think that, and that's probably it. What, what you just touched on there is that generation of people, like you know, my parents who were growing up, you know, probably in their twenties in like the seventies. Sure. My my mom would be mad for uh, kind of giving her away her age. But um, but yeah, I think I think that is part of it. Is they saw him in these more intimate environments when you know he was just coming up, and that probably does have a lot to do with it. I you know oh, I, I get oh, that. Uh, oh, big time! Because yeah. he's more Philly than he is New York. Because Freehold, uh, and I was on Long Beach Island. It's really close to there. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, that was more that was more Philly influence than it was. North Jersey, so yeah. uh, um, Asbury Park later on, but right. but anyway, what do you got so, on this? Yeah, uh, uh, the Sixers. I kind of like this idea of trying to get Porzingis because he's disgruntled up there. That whole thing is a mess. But but here's what what I want to say about the Sixers because Mike 
and you had a great discussion and I, I, I really enjoyed hearing your perspective on, you know, there's no real one guy and let's not build a team around Ben Simmons. I agree, I agree with Mike on that. Right. Um, uh, the thing I don't like about the Sixers and, and I'm not a conspiracy guy. I just, I love basketball. I played, I coached, I'm a died in a died in the wool Sixers fan, even though I'm on the West coast and you know, it's all Lakers out here. Um, I don't like this, this Brian Colangelo nomination coming from Adam Silver in the wake of, of, of Hinky. And uh, I don't like it either, Jack. And I get this feeling that something is going to wind up in the lap of the Phoenix Suns. You know what I'm talking about there? Um, Now, maybe we're going to get Brooks in here, and he's the shooter. Maybe that is a backdoor deal. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? on this Brian Colangelo thing because it it feels a little slimy to me. All right, and thanks for the call, Jack. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not a Brian Colangelo fan. I think, I think what the league did was not right because you can say what you want. You can say Sam Hinkie resigned. You know, technically, that is what happened. But let's, let's be honest here. Sam Hinkie was forced out. The league didn't like what he was doing. They didn't like that the Sixers were tanking year in, year out. And I truly, in my heart, believe that Adam Silver begged Jerry Colangelo to take, you know, that that kind of job as overseer of the organization. And the plan was to get Sam Hinkie out, whether it was always to hire Brian Colangelo, I'm not sure. Uh, Obviously, that's what happened. And, you know, I mean, you can definitely point to nepotism there, I think. But yeah, I don't I don't trust Brian Colangelo and you know, he I didn't like Brian Colangelo when they when they hired him and he didn't do anything this year to inspire any trust. What he did this year, lying to the fans about Joel Embiid, lying to the fans about Ben Simmons, time after time after time was ridiculous. And say what you want about Sam Hankey, and this is what annoys me so much about people when they criticize Sam Hinkie. They say Sam Hinkie, you know, was was dishonest. Sam Hinkie was not dishonest. Sam Hinkie may not have spoken that much, but when he did speak, he was, I found him forthright. I found him incredibly honest. I don't know if I've ever heard a more honest press conference than when he came out to announce that Joel Embiid was going to miss his second season. He sat there for 45 minutes, and he answered every question with thoughtfully and in depth about every step of the of the process of bringing Joel Embiid back from injury and what what exactly happened, why he was going to miss the next season, why they weren't going to rush him back. And I felt like he always was truthful when he spoke. Brian Colangelo just came out and flat-out lied. He came on this radio station and flat-out lied to Chris and Ike one afternoon about... Joel Embiid's injury, and then it was revealed the next day that he had a torn meniscus after Brian Colangelo was dismissive when Chris asked him a a very benign question about uh, why, you know, people might be distrustful of this organization. I don't trust Brian Colangelo. There's no reason to. And, you know, I, I, I hope he does the right things. I don't have a ton of confidence, though. I think... 
You know, they need to keep building. They need to keep looking long-term. And I hope Brian Colangelo does the right things. I thought the Nerlens Noel trade was was bad value. And, yeah, I know you had a, a guy on an expiring contract, but I would have held him and seen maybe you're going to resign him. Maybe you can trade Oka for this offseason. Botch that whole situation. So I think Brian Colangelo has done a poor job since coming in here. And No, I don't trust him. I, I don't trust him to make the right moves, and I don't trust him, more importantly, to tell tell the fans and and the public the the truth. 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. Uh, Mike, hang right there. I want to give you a full time, so we'll get you right after the break. Rob and Jay, you guys hang on as well. Um, we will uh, continue right after the break and talk. And I'd love to open it up to the Sixers. Do you trust Brian Colangelo to make the right moves? Because I appreciate Jack, you know, bringing that up. And because I, I don't trust Brian Colangelo one bit. I don't trust him one bit. I think. He, he was dishonest with the fan base and the media this year. And I, I think, and I just don't, I don't trust him the way he was with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid with their injuries w- was ridiculous. And there was no reason for it. 888-729-9494 pound nine, four, nine, four on your AT&T and Verizon cell. Also continue with Fletcher Cox OTAs. Do you think he should have been here? Are you as outraged as I am about it? Also, you're overrated people in any aspect of life, entertainment, sports, music, whatever you want. That's on the table as well. I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tommy Kelly 44 WIP Sports Time 424. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Just got caught eating a tasty cake there. Oh, it's bad. Got caught eating the tasty cake, then tried taking a t- quick drink of water to wash it down. That got caught in the wrong tube. And sorry, not didn't mean to like disgust you there, but just you know some of the, some of the things behind the scenes here, exciting things behind the scenes here at WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you till six a.m. A lot of talk about Fletcher Cox on the show this morning and whether he should be at OTAs. And also, in hindsight. Whether you feel like it was a bad move to re-sign him to that to to sign him to that long-term contract, and really not having anything to do with the OTAs, but more just in the in the bigger scheme of things, you know, would you have rather used all that money because he got a huge contract? I mean, sixty-three guaranteed, a hundred million dollars. You know, would you rather use that money elsewhere and? You know, gotten a probably second round pick for him, and you know, move forward with Fat Fletcher Cox. I kind of think, in hindsight, that may have been the better move. You know, what do you think in that regard? Also, your overrated people in any aspect. Mine are Bruce Springsteen and Doc Emmerich. My underrated, if you want to throw an underrated out there too, is uh, Joe Buck, who I think is a great announcer. I know a lot of people, especially in this area, don't like him, but I'm a big Joe Buck guy. And also, Sixers off season and. Brian Colangelo, do you trust Brian Colangelo? I don't. I don't think he's a very good general manager. I don't think, and I I think more than anything what bothers me is how dishonest he was with the media and the fans last year about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and the injuries on this team when there was no reason to be. There was no reason for him 
to to be dishonest the way he was. And, you know, I don't trust him, and I didn't like Nerland's Noel trade, and I hope he does the right things this offseason. I just, I I don't trust Brian Colangelo to be the guy to move this organization forward. 888-729-9494 is how you get through pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell phone. Let's go back to the phones. We got Mike in Westchester. Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, good show, Tom. Thanks. How you doing, Mike? Good. Hey, uh, you're right about um, Emmerich. I like him, but he's, he is overrated. And I'll tell you, he's very underrated. Steve Levy. He was a fantastic announcer. Steve Levy, yeah. I, I don't. Does he call many games? He's mainly a he sports center. He five overtime games. Oh, did he really? I don't remember that. Okay. He's fantastic. And he always called these one. He had a. Uh, his kind of like was he covered. He always seemed to do these long, incredibly long NHL playoff overtime games. Right. It always seemed to happen. He was calling them. He was. He was. He was great at answering. Well, I guess he doesn't call games anymore because the yeah. ESPN isn't well, with the NHL. The ESPN right. did the um, World Cup of Hockey. He did. Okay. Okay. Which which is this past year? Uh, you know. I always. But yeah. He's an easy guy to confuse with uh, Kenny Albert. They yeah, kind of uh, look. Yeah. They kind of look alike. And talking about a guy who he did. He did all. Of, he did a ton of games. Kenny Albert. Yeah, he does yeah. every. He. he he does high, and I don't think he's that bad. I actually really like no. his dad. No, Ma- I think Marv does, Marv's really good, but yep. uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he does a lot of hockey, and he. I think he's going to be on that Jay Cutler crew, or yep. no, never mind. He's not on that Jay. I think it's a different crew. Anyway, I think that uh, Dave Math- Dave Matthews is incredibly overrated. Dave Matthews, yeah, Dave Matthews is overrated, and some of, some of my friends are like obsessed with Dave Matthews. You guys yeah, are nuts. You, you're Dave Matthews guy. I like, I like Dave Matthews. I like but he's Dave. Not overrated. I like Dave, but I do think he's a little overrated. Dave mm-hmm. Matthews concerts are fun. Yeah, what's on the low? Just his opinion, like everybody else, right? Yeah, that's right. I don't trust Brian Colangelo. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, why would you? I mean, he came out and he he lied to every, he lied dishonest. completely last year. I mean, and the thing that really stands out is he came on with Chris and Ike. Um, and he yeah, said, and Chris asked Friday, him flat but... out. Chris said, "You know, you know, do you understand why people would be a little distrustful?" And Colangelo was really snarky. Said, "Oh yeah, you know, no, I don't understand that. We've been totally forthright with everything. There's no reason you could, should distrust us." And then the next day, I remember because I was doing updates at Saturday night. Derek Bodner tweets out that Embiid's got a torn meniscus, and 20 minutes later, Colangelo is, you know, having a a last second press briefing to kind of announce that that report's right. Remember yeah. Remember he said it's not a major a, injury. A day not, after a, he told season. a day after he told Chris and Ike there was nothing else going on. Blatant lie. He should have never been he also was uh, dishonest because he should have never played him in a Houston game. That was that was all about getting the gate in my opinion. Yeah, and, and it was a, yeah, it was a national T V game and they wanted so, to play him for the honor. They honor. kept doing this using this questionable this ridiculous questionable tag so to get fans to show up it was off it, it was a disgrace, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I got to ask you this though: When the hell is Andy McPhail ever going to come out and say anything? He's got a comment on this garbage that's going on there, you know? Yeah, well, Clintock, it gets gets smug with people when they ask him, "Oh, Bob McClure, well, 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 you know?" Yeah, he has no right to be smug with anybody. He's a, he's a, his yeah. GM, uh, uh, <laughs> his, what he's done as a GM is has not been noteworthy in the last uh, you know year. You know? No, and and Mike, I I was a guy who I was a fan of Clentac. I I, I like the young I was, guy. I was a fan. Of, I was a fan of right. I like this approach of going the you know kind of the new wave analytics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, long term, but there, it's not get it's not 
developing right now the way it needs no. to. The minor league guys aren't looking that good. The guys here, I mean, Herrera and Franco have been disasters this year. And I, th- I think Pete McCannon has been horrible. McClure. That's the first move that's going to happen with the Phillies. Unfortunately, nice guy, but, I mean, they're just, you know. I was stunned that uh, McClure, you know, was still here this week. And for Klintak to come out and say that it hasn't even been considered, firing McClure is absurd. Yeah. I don't know what and McPhail's after, doing, by the way. Especially after comic, the comments that Vince Velasquez has made about cry for help. I mean, that is, uh, that, that's not evidence that your pitching coach isn't doing a damn thing. Right. Well, it is. And the fact that no pitcher under McClure in four years has, has progressed. None of them's gotten uh, any better. Every pitcher he brought in, with the exception of uh, Nishak, is awful. Right. Nishak's a veteran. He doesn't even count. Awful. I'm talking about young I mean, pitchers, yeah. I mean, flat out awful. I mean, the, you know, it's every movie he's made has been terrible. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I trust him to make the right moves. I, I don't know. You know now, and and all the the reason they brought these guys in like Saunders and and made this kind of said, well, screw you. You want to offer me seventeen million? I'm going to take it. They really right. did not want him to accept that deal. Yeah, and that was smart on Helixson's part. Sure was. Yeah. Uh, what do you got I'm on the Eagles, Mike? Well, you know, everybody's all concerned about the cornerbacks, right? I get I get tired of hearing about this. If you get pressure on a quarterback, quarterback, I mean, if you get pressure on the quarterback, it's not going to matter. As long as you have somebody serviceable back, serviceable back there, you'll be fine. That's the key to this team's defense, the defensive success this season, is for them to get continuous, continuous pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Not leave your secondary wide open like that. And he had, well, they had, and it really was terrible. It was better than, look, it's better this year than it was last year. They better, they had better uh, opponent. Uh, players than they did last year of that position. I don't know what you think about it, but I think it's... Uh, on, on the D-line, you're saying? No, in the, in the defensive back. In the, in, uh, defensive back yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. You know, you can't get much Leotis worse McKelvin. than Leotis McKelvin. Oh. I agree, and you know, I was never a Nolan Carroll guy. No. But, you know, Jalen Mills is your best corner right now, and that's not good enough. I, I honestly, I think, Mike, I do think Howie is going to make a move for a corner before the season starts. Um, Because you can't go in. Right now, you got Jalen Mills, Patrick Robinson, who, you know, is a journeyman who busts first-round pick, and Rasul Douglas. Yeah, and Ron Brooks, I don't think, is is very good. He's a slot guy. He's like a a fourth corner. But a guy I'm telling you, watch out for, because I think it makes a lot of sense, a guy like Kyle Fuller from Chicago, who could be on the trade block, you know, Maybe you, you give up a pick. Maybe you float a guy like, I, I know, you know, he might not have a ton of value, but a guy like Aguilar, maybe you float him out there. But, you know, Kyle Fuller, they, today, and a move that the Eagles made today that kind of flew under the radar is they restructured uh, Rodney McLeod's contract. And that opens up $2.4 million on this year's cap. So if you brought in a guy like Fuller, you look at his deal, that would kind of fit right in. So I'd expect Howie to make a play for a corner in the next couple weeks. I expect I – I would not be stunned if Kelsey gets traded, though. I, I hope I Kelsey gets traded. I don't think they want him. He, 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 he had a terrible beginning of the year, uh, and, he, and he just gets pushed He's just pushed around. He's too small. Yeah. So – they got. I think the, they want. They want to move on with my thing. Yeah, they want I, to have to have a bigger guy there. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Mike. Thanks a lot, man. Um, yeah, I, I Jason Kelsey. I mean, just go, just go away. I'm so tired of Jason Kelsey. He, uh, that that guy 
He's such a suck-up. You notice he sucks up to every coach that's down. When Chip was popular, oh, Chip's so great, Chip's so great. And then uh, this is where I really turned on Jason Kelsey, other than the fact that he can't play. He's too small. He And, you know, the past two years he's been terrible. But by the end, he was talking about, you know, he was he was one of the guys kind of bashing Chip. And trust me, I, I get that. I understand why you'd want to bash Chip. Um, but... You know, Jason Kelsey, at first he was the biggest chip proponent, but once once he saw everybody start to turn on chip, he turned on chip too. And then Doug was the best. And, you know, Kelsey's one of those guys to me, he's always going to suck up to the popular person in the organization. But once things start to turn, he'll turn too. He's, he's a company man. Yeah, he is. He's a company guy. He's all about, the, you know, the perception. And, and, you know, he always wants to be that guy who's popular with the media, popular, in the, you know, but he's not in the end because he's so annoying to me, at least that I, I don't want to hear from Jason Kelsey. I don't think he can play. It's time to move on. Slot say Amalu in, in there at center. And I think they're looking to do that. I think they're looking for takers on Kelsey. When you look at the depth they have in, in the interior of that O line, I think if they can find a taker for him, they'll get rid of Jason Kelsey. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Jay. Jay, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, how you doing, Tom? Good. How you doing, Jay? All right. Uh, my overrated guy, for one, was Fletcher Cox. <laughs> okay. I, I, I didn't get it, you know, as far as when we signed him. I just never looked at him as a real dominant guy. It's like we paid for a guy that had a lot of potential, but we can see if he doesn't fulfill it, that, that becomes a bad contract. Right, and that's what scares me is the one year he looked like a dominant guy was in 2015, which was his Big co- he knew if he played well that year, he'd get rewarded with the big deal. And then last year, after he got the big deal, wasn't the same player, you know. And I think part of that, maybe he's not as motivated, and that kind of if, is evidenced by him not showing up this week. Exactly. If you're a leader, and you, and you think about the season that they just came off, and they're trying to get some momentum, and for you to do that, it's like, it's, it's no way. Right. I mean, you say you're a leader, come lead. Exactly. All right, with the um, Sixers, for me, the pick is Dennis Smith. And the reason why I say that is it's because you have a ready-to-go guard, you know, as far as, like, uh, physically. Like, uh, you know, he doesn't have to fill out or anything. He's an attacking guard. And I know that Ben Simmons is the point guard, but I, I look at him in the same uh, situation as I see Kyrie Irving. Yep. As a guy that can score, get to the basket. And uh, he, he has all the skills that the guards have today. Like, I hear people say, but when they talk about Josh Jackson or even Przingis, I mean, how big is this team going to be? Right. I mean, Przingis is a 7-2. I mean, what are you going to – nobody has that many – I think we're lucky that we have an athletic Joel Embiid and athletic uh, Ben Simmons. But to keep going that way, I, I think that uh, you got to have a guard that's going to make yeah. these other uh, teams' guards work. Yeah, Jay, and I don't think the Knicks are trading Porzingis. I know there are all the rumors because he skipped the exit meeting or whatever, but as bad as Phil Jackson's done up there, I don't think he's dumb enough to trade Porzingis. I think what they're looking to do, they're going to try to – they'll they'll take anything at this point for Melo. They just want Melo <laughs> out of town, get rid of him, and they'll build around Porzingis. And I agree. I I mean, I like Dennis, Dennis Smith. I don't know about taking him at three. Maybe you trade down. You could probably trade down and get him, but – I the one game I saw him play was that game against Duke, and it was his best game of the year. So, yeah. you know, he, you he's at, a talented kid, no doubt. Exactly. Like, uh, and I and I think that De'Aaron Fox is a good kid. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, he also played with all Americans all around him. 
Yeah. You know, uh, that doesn't take anything back because, you know, Cat was great also, playing with all Americans all around. But I'm just saying, Dennis Smith was rated number one before uh, he was injured in high school. And now coming into the year, when you look at his skills, man, it's, it's eye-popping. You know, and, and you look at uh, just the things that he could do and get to the basket. To me, if he can't stop somebody, at least he has Joel and people like that behind him. But far as scoring, he's clearly the – besides Markel Fultz, he's the best scoring guard. You know, he could get he, he could score at all three levels. You look at him, he, he's not a great three-point shooter. He's probably average right now. But he could get to the rack. He could shoot the mid-level. He has the handle to get where he wants to get to on the floor. And besides Markel Fultz, None of them other guards, well, Alonzo, Alonzo Ball, I could say he does too, but the other guards like uh, De'Aaron Fox, and even if you look at Malik Monk, he doesn't have the ball handling skills like a Dennis Smith has to move around by himself. He still would be dependent on Ben Simmons to give him the ball all the time. Right, yeah, he's and he's, he's definitely an explosive kid, and, you know, I, I think... The guy I do like, I mean, I, lo- I like Jackson and Fultz, I think, I know, or Jackson and Fox, I'm sorry. The, the, I know they both have issues shooting the ball, but if you can fix their shots, you know, to go along with Simmons and Embiid, that kind of athleticism, I feel like would really be, be impressive. Because Fox, Fox, man, Fox is such an athletic kid. I really like him a lot. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what I'll say, too. Like, um, the one thing I'll say, like, I know a lot of times people compare him with John Wall. I think he's a smarter player than John Wall. He, sound, he seems like a more heady guy. Right. You know, I think people are looking at his speed, you know, so I can see him developing uh, quicker than John Wall did because he seems like a person that uh, understands the game a little better. Right. But just for me, from an attacking standpoint, like, when I see Dennis, Dennis Smith, I see Damian Lillard and I see Kyrie Irving. Yeah, well, I mean, I take Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, the second coming of Kyrie Irving. Any day. So I appreciate the call, Jay. Thanks a lot, man. All right, um, yeah, I mean, Dennis Smith's interesting. He's he's kind of the guy, like, he's one of those guys that at three, you know, you could probably drop down to, like, six or seven to get him. But if you do love him that much, you know, you may have to think about it because somebody could jump in front and take him at, at four or five. So it, it's it's tough. The Sixers have will have a difficult decision to make, regardless of how this plays out. You know, they, they have a lot of options. You know, they could trade down. I don't think they're going to trade up for Markel Fultz. I wouldn't trade up for Markel Fultz. Unless unless you could get up for this year's pick and maybe just the Laker pick next year, but I'm not, I'm not trading the 2019 Kings pick. That pick could be the number one pick in the draft as... That that's going to be a really valuable pick. I'm not trading Dario. Uh, I I think Dario, you know, he's not a star, but he's going to be a really good player in this league. And I don't know about Markel Fultz. I think he's going to be really good, but you know, I think the a kind of guy you can get at three might be similar, you know, in terms of value to, to Markel Fultz. So I'm not going to trade a ton to get up the one to get him. But the Sixers will have a lot of options, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. 888-729-9494-888-729-9494, pound 9494 near at and and Verizon Cell. Continue talking Sixers, and, you know, what would you do with three? Do you trust Brian Colangelo um, after all the dishonesty this past year? You know, with with the way he, he handled telling people about the Embiid's injury and the Simmons injury and all that kind of stuff. Also, Continue if you want to give your thoughts on Fletcher Cox and the OTAs. 
whether you think he should have been here and whether you would have given given him the contract in retrospect. Also, overrated. I have Bruce Springsteen and Doc Emmerich is mine. Who are your overrated people? Also, you can give me your underrated as well. Mine is Joe Buck. 888-729-9494. Also, right before we get back to the phones, Jim and Q, you guys, I'll get you after the break. But I want to tell you about a guy in sports that I absolutely despise next segment. He just got a new job, and he's not going to be very good at it. One hint, he came, his name came up this past segment. I'll tell you more about it right after the break. I'm Tom Kelly. This is Sports Radio 94 WIP. You can find me on Twitter at TommyKelly44. WIP Sports Time, 448. Come back with a little Dave Matthews band. Thanks to Cesar Gramenzi, my producer. Me and Cesar, just talking to her in the break, realized we were at the same Dave concert a couple years ago over at the BBNT Pavilion in uh, Jersey. I think that's what the place is called. Whatever but, uh, it's called now. Yeah. yeah. It always changes. It changes every few years. Yeah. That. How many Dave Matthews concerts have you been to, Cesar? I've just been to the one, the one honestly. Really? Yeah. But yeah, I have a couple of his albums. and I was at one... With my one of my friends, we went up to Hershey and saw him in Hershey. One of my it was when we were in high school. We got driven up by his dad and went went in Hershey, so that was cool. But his concerts are a good time. Yeah, they're they're a great time actually. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one up in me there, but yeah, it was no. It, it, it it's always a real party atmosphere. I was telling Caesar last time that I went. It was bad. I I got separated from my friends. And I had too much to drink, and my phone died, and I was separated, and, you know, I ended up leaving and somehow getting to Patco and coming back across the bridge from Patco. And I talked to my friends the next day, and they, they're like, oh, you really missed out. We took an Uber back to the city. We split it with Connor Barwin, Mark Sanchez, and Jason Kelsey. So that that was right after I ripped Jason Kelsey, but... That, uh, well, yeah, that you, was where Jason Kelsey was still decent back then. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. He wasn't. He didn't have a holding call every uh, game that cost him a big drive. Yeah. Right, right. I love, actually, we should just do the show with Dave, Dave playing in the background for the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, it fits. This yeah. song was great, by the way. I mean, I, yeah. don't, I don't know how anybody can say this is overrated. This is a good one. He, he, yeah, I mean, he, I like Dave Matthews. I, I, yeah, I might, I might take back the overrated comment. I think you've convinced me. I yeah, think you've convinced me. Definitely not over. Yeah, I think you convinced me. I was right. He's better than Springsteen. I'll, I'll say that. I would agree. Yeah. 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 But uh, Dave Matthews concerts are always a good time. Um, if you've ever, if you've never been to one, you should go. It's always a, a fun party atmosphere um, out there at Dave Matthews Band concerts. Eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four pound nine four nine four on your AT and T and Verizon cell. And real quick, I told you before the break. I wanted to address somebody who just got a new job, somebody who I'm not a fan of, and yes, indeed, I am talking about my boy, Chip Kelly, who, you know, I, you know, I don't, if you've ever, ever heard me at any point, you've probably heard me rip Chip Kelly. I can't stand Chip Kelly. In all my life, 30 years, I'm 30 years old, 
there is nobody in sports on an opposing team that's come through this city. There is nobody else in sports that I despise more than that fraud Chip Kelly. Tell us how you really feel. He is, uh, and you were here, Caesar, the night that he got fired, I believe. And yeah, you remember, you I came in exulting. I was so happy. I, I I came back. We were doing a remote at Borgata. I came back and I heard it on the. I heard it on WIP. Jolly say Chip Kelly just got fired, and I'm the. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. That's oh true. yeah, it was it was surreal. Honestly, I thought Jolly was you know giving giving out some fake news, but. I, and then I, I realized it was true, and I was I, I, it was one of the one of the happiest moments of my life. It really was. Yeah, we couldn't take another off season. Of, no, uh, no, him dismantling the team. The guy's such a fraud. He he's he's such a snake oil salesman. What he did with that organization, overhauling that roster, getting rid of a guy like Deshaun Jackson because he thought Chip thought it was his offense that made that off that made them go his scheme his style. No. That's not what made Riley Cooper good. It was Deshaun Jackson being on the other side. It was talent. You can, and then you know trade Lashawn McCoy with the, one of the best running backs in the history of this franchise for his boy Kiko Alonso. That fraud. Um, I, I just I can't stand Chip Kelly. It makes me angry just thinking about him and the fact now that I'm going to have to watch him on my TV. That little chubby rat. On, on on Sunday NFL countdown, you know, with his smug jokes, talk talking, you know, fast, so nobody can understand him. Everybody's gonna hate him. I mean, nobody likes the guy. Like seriously, why would ESPN hire Chip Kelly? What does he have to add? What in what right does he have? What credentials does he have to to give um, analysis on the NFL on college? Fine, he, he can, you know. He has he had a great record at, at at Oregon. You know he's got his cute little college system. Good for him. But he was a abject failure in the NFL. He won ten games his first two years with Andy Reid's players, and because his system was new, you know he, he got lucky. They were three and five that first year. Got lucky. They had a weak schedule second half of the year. Won some games with Nick Foles. Never had a court, never would bring in the right kind of quarterback. Made a trade for Sam freaking Bradford. That's stiff. I can't stand that guy. I want Chip Kelly gone. I don't want him anywhere near anything that I can see him. And I know I'm probably not even making sense right now. I don't even care. No, you're making a lot of sense. Yeah, I just don't even care. I hate Chip Kelly more than anything. I really do. So it's safe to say you would consider Chip Kelly overrated. <laughs> uh yeah, yes, yes. Um I, I just I, I think he is the biggest fraud to ever come through this town. I think he's the big biggest fraud to ever coach in the NFL. And I saw Elliot Shore Parks tweet out today that he still thinks Chip Kelly can be a successful NFL coach. Come on, man. Come on. What, uh, based on what? No, but yeah, based on what? Based on what? Because he he decided to have a you know have a coup and overtake the organization 
you know, and, and stuff Howie in a closet. Howie has reemerged like a phoenix rising from the ashes to bring us Carson Wentz and ship out Sam Bradford in in a matter of one off season. Howie Roseman saved this organization from Chip Kelly, and that's why I'm a Howie guy because Howie is the antithesis of Chip. And whether you agree with everything Howie does or not, it doesn't matter because Howie represents hope after Chip Kelly ripped this organization apart and tore everything down. He tore everything that was good for this organization down, getting rid of, you know, Deshaun Jackson and Shady McCoy. And not the. I thought the biggest thing he did, the biggest mistake he made, was not re-signing Jeremy Macklin. Not re-signing Jeremy Macklin. And by the way, this is that brings me to another point with Fletcher Cox. That I, I'll get to you guys on the phone in a second. But Fletcher Cox was at Jeremy Macklin's wedding last weekend. I forgot to mention this. I can't believe I did. Jeremy Macklin didn't go on his honeymoon this week. You know why? Because he had OTAs. And he decided that it was important enough for him to go to OTAs. And Fletcher Cox didn't. So that, that just that's just a little aside there. But I thought that was one of one of Chip Kelly's biggest mistakes was letting go of Jeremy Macklin. I mean, his biggest mistake was trading a second round pick for Sam Bradford. I mean, seriously, that was well. Then there's never not signing any offensive linemen in two drafts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, never yeah. adjusting his offense, never adding a new formation to his offense. No, how about running? You know, from under the gun a little. You know, not not from the shotgun. Just you know, ten uh, percent of the time, Chip. How about that? And how about last year? How about last year with Sam Fran? Um, he decides to start Blaine Gabbert over Colin Kaepernick. And I, I don't I don't know how great Kaepernick is, but I know Kaepernick at one point in his career was one play away from winning a Super Bowl, and Blaine Gabbert has never accomplished anything, but Chip Kelly thought Blaine Gabbert was a better fit for his system than Colin Kaepernick. It, it's that, of all the things, of all the things that Chip Kelly has done, is there anything that proves he knows nothing more than that decision to start Blaine Gabbert over Colin Kaepernick? Uh, seriously, uh, the, and that's that's got to be that's probably the most egregious. He knows nothing about quarterbacks. He knows nothing about. He doesn't know what a good quarterback looks like. No, because because he, 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 you know coming from college, he's like anybody. It's my system. It it, it flourished in college, so. It'll translate to the NFL. You know, t- talent doesn't matter. It's all wrapped in in his head. Oh my God! I just the best thing Jeffrey Lurie ever did was fire Chip Kelly. It was the best move he ever made, and I just, uh, I just, uh, he had to uh, step in. I mean, it, literally, like the, the 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 team was collapsing. Yeah, it, uh, one more off season, it, it, the team would have collapsed. Yeah. Um, all right, I gotta, I gotta recalibrate, calm down here. We'll, we'll go to Jim. We'll get Jim in before the break. I know. Sorry to, sorry to keep you hanging, Jim, but uh, just had to get that out. You're on ninety four WIP. What's up, Jim? So I'm going to give you the respect that you deserve for your what's the name, professionalism. I hope you give me respect as a caller who stayed on hold this long and supports your radio station big time. But dude, I disagree with like seventy five percent of your opinion. That's fine, Jim. There, I, I know it's fine. And I, I understand that. This is where we go. I, I disagree with my own son sometimes with sports. It's pretty rare, but we do. Dude, you're hammering Chip Kelly, who brought this team to 10 wins right away, because you, you left this caveat out. 
not only with what's the name, Andy's players, which is definitely, of course, yeah, a fact, but he brought something different, brother. He brought two men in offense to a freaking 60-minute game. Yeah, and how'd that work out, Jim? How'd that uh, work out over the long haul? One with 10 wins. Oh, 10 wins. About? 10 this, wins the first year. Good for them. This, yeah. This, this town's in a fever, dude. Don't deny what he did. Made the don't playoffs. Congratulations. Were, don't tell me, wait a minute. Don't, please, there's only me yell. Please don't tell me you were a chip critic his first year. Don't even try to tell me that because nobody was. You know Everybody was thrilled to have 10 wins. That's, Everybody was thrilled to have something new. And listen to me. Jim, this, Jim this, this, no, you hang on one second, Jim. That's not true. Yeah. I was against Chip Kelly from uh, the start. I, I, you, I don't believe for a minute. Oh, it's, oh minute. you don't have to believe it. You don't have to believe it. You were against 10 wins. Is that what you were saying? You were against 10 wins, and this guy blowing teams out with this nuance that he found. Blowing teams out? Yet you're a Hickey fan who found a nuance in a freaking what's-the-name, a draft thing where he loses on purpose. Let me hit – wait a minute. I'm going to really cut to the chase, dude. No, wait, wait, killing, what are you, what, what are you talking Kelsey. about, Jim? You're killing Kelsey. I don't know how you're not following, dude. You, I speak plain English. You're killing Kelsey for being just like <laughs> every part of this fan base was. We were chip supporters when he was winning, when he fell apart, when he didn't develop, and what's they change his what's the philosophy after teams picked up on it and decided to realize what he was doing and crush him. Then of course Kelsey went against him like everybody else did, and why shouldn't he support Peterson so far? Although I think he's going to be a flop. I'm not saying he shouldn't support Peters. I never said that. Why, why do you say he's not a good guy then? What are you, what are you getting at with Kelsey? Because he's a suck-up. He's a suck-up. He sucks up to every – he turned on Andy at the end, too. He turned on Andy at the end, too. He we turned on Andy, then he turned on Chip. Because he, his sphincter gets so tight and big okay, so, in big games that we all turned on him. Okay, so Jim, enough, Jim hang on one second. So you're yes. going to defend Chip Kelly, but you're going to rip Andy Reid? Do you know anything about football, Jim? Do you know a darn thing about football? Chip Give me a break. How do you not listen? How do you not listen? You're defending Chip defending Kelly, Chip but you're Kelly. ripping Andy Reid? First year I'm defending him. I'm not defending him overall. Of course he's a bust. Everybody knows that. Just like Jason Kelsey knew it. What do you want to support him when he turned into a bust? And I'm going to go after Andy Reid because he can't win a big game. He's not going to the Hall of Fame because he can't win a big game. Are you kidding me, dude? Do you not know the common sense of the freaking Philadelphia fan? Do you think we're stunned that we don't realize what's going on and you just want to go against yeah, but, we're, we're, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna laud Chip Kelly for winning 10 games one year, but bash Andy Reid for getting to five NFC championship games. What are you, Jim, like, I don't understand your line of thinking. I don't understand it at all. What are you, okay, let's go. One, one to Andy, okay, Jim, Jim. Okay, okay, Jim. We love Chip because he's a bring us a winner. When he <laughs> bring us a winner. Chip brought us a winner. Jim, give me one second here. Give me one second, Jim. Okay, look at look at this schedule. The uh, 2013 season, they beat the the Raiders. Um, Are you kidding me, dude? Are you not going to give this guy any? Credit no, they beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. They beat the Redskins, league, which nobody else did prior to that. Yeah, Are and how did it work me, out long term, Jim? You're going to give me a schedule? No, right. long term. Uh, you can't say that, Jim. All right, and you're gone. Bye. You can't curse on the air, and you know that. You know that, Jim. Come on. And we'll, we'll, we we got to hit the break, but I'll address some of the things Jim said after the break because that was that was an 
That was a terror. That, that was just ridiculous. Everything he said was ridiculous. But we'll address it after the break. I'm Tom Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy Kelly 44. If you want to chime in on Chip Kelly, love to hear from you on it. I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, WIP Sports Time 508. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 